0: Medical Monday is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Dischem, pharmacists who
1: care. And right on the button, here we are, Dischem Medical Monday. My name is Kathy Kayla, and thank you so much for joining me. During this hour, we usually talk, well, we actually always talk about relevant medical issues. You know, there's a saying, if you've got your health, you've got your wealth. And unfortunately, often we don't realize how important our health is We know it, we know it in theory But we don't really know it in practice Until we no longer have that optimum health And uh, you know, if we can take preventative measures To ensure our health Then why not do it So uh, this time of the year I'm sure that uh, you know, As I was driving into the building this morning I said to one of the security guards Where have you been? I missed you last week He says I have been so sick in bed I had flu had staff members down with flu flu just seems to be everywhere we are in closed environments because it's freezing cold the heaters are going it's it's moist the air and we actually have this environment which enc- which encourages the growth of these uh, of these flu bacterias so um I wanted to find out more about the flu and really understand who is at risk of flu. Why is it that some people get flu and some people don't get flu? What does it mean? How do you know the difference between flu and a cold? How do you know when you need to go on antibiotics and when you shouldn't go on antibiotics? Because as far as I know, flu is a virus. So uh, I'm going to be speaking to... Dr. Seymour Weiner. everybody knows him as Simi though, Dr. Simi Weiner. he's a pathologist, he's also a consultant microbiologist and uh, if you've got any questions about flu, about whether you should have uh, your flu vaccine this year, this is how you get in touch with me, 34519, that's the SMS line, those SMSs are charged at 150 or if you have uh, the Telegram app then send me a telegram on 61 You can email air at chaifm.com. And uh, that's how you get in touch with me for this Diskim Medical Monday. And after that introduction, I would like to welcome Dr. Simi Weiner. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much, and good morning to all.
1: Good morning. Have you had flu this year? No. How often do you get flu?
0: I don't get it that often. I get vaccinated every year.
1: Really? <laughs> and is that just... Even though you're not compromised, even no, though your health isn't compromised?
0: No, you're not. And I think, I think that's, people don't realize that your health does not have to be compromised to get influenza. And influenza is widespread. A lot of people get it, and we get immunity. Um, but sometimes getting influenza can be a very, very severe, drastic event, especially in the elderly. And influenza...
1: You're not elderly, though.
0: No, no. I'm just <laughs> saying. But I think, it's, I think if you look at the CDC recommendations...
1: That's the Center for Disease Disease
0: Control. Control, and I think that's what we base... We, we, we talk about... We, we base our recommendations on what the CDC says. Yeah. And is for everybody. It's not just for the severely ill.
1: So how come some people get flu and others don't?
0: Okay. So the, 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 there are probably two reasons. The first thing is innate immunity. So some people are more susceptible to others. And the other thing is previous experience with the flu. So if you've had flu shots every year, um, if you've had previous flu, you develop some form of immunity, and that probably protects you. But it won't protect you from when we get uh, these um, major changes in the flu virus call, um, in which you get a, a unique strain. You know, we all know it as swine flu.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's think was a unique... I
1: Sydney flu. I mean, there, there's been some very oh. serious flu epidemics. Yeah.
0: And that is c- can be catastrophic. And I want to kind of like remind you of what happened in the First World War. People forget about it.
1: I know. I've completely forgotten what happened in the First World War. Tell me.
0: So, in, in the First World War, we had what called Spanish flu. Yes. Um, and soldiers left from Fort Lauderdale crossed the sea, um, went into Europe. They were captured. They crossed the trenches, and influenza accompanied them. And influenza killed youngsters. And if you read the reports about Spanish flu, they were fine in the morning and dead by that night. So what happened? Sure. So
1: that's almost like the the Black Plague.
0: Yeah, there, it was. Astronomically catastrophic. Why did it happen? Because sometimes the immune system overreacts. So, um, it's just an absolute overreaction of the immune system, and that potentially kills and that 's what happened in the, with the with the with the great flu epidemic
1: well, the first people uh, <coughs> yeah, they, they had biological warfare i mean yeah. the same thing happened with uh, I think it was the spanish, but they didn 't use f- it wasn 't flu it was uh, measles i think they took when they went into south america the the Peruvians yeah, they brought blankets and the the blankets they had um Uh, Somehow
0: they had put measles. I think it was measles on it. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was a deliberate. It wasn't a deliberate uh, warfare. What actually happened there was that there wasn't any vaccination. Yes. So you've always got um, infection in the community. Yes. And so you had people who came into the community um, who were on the ships who got measles, and they intermingled with the locals. The locals had never seen measles. And therefore, it was an astronomical outbreak. Yeah. And so we know that all these childhood illnesses that are relatively mild in childhood are, are absolutely severe and potentially deadly in adulthood. And yeah. that's what happened. They brought. In, they, I don't think they deliberately did it, but they brought influenza, in, not uh, measles, into an area where there was no measles. Yeah. And the population was completely susceptible. And you had a complete wipeout.
1: Wipeout. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, let's talk back to flu, to flu. though. But, so, but it's the same principle. It's
0: the same principle. So, so so this situation, Spanish flu, there was an overreaction. So we see a similar phenomenon in childhood. Why? Because children have never seen influenza. So everybody says, "Ah, oh, they've got a weakened immune system. On the contrary, they've got a phenomenal immune system. It overreacts. They've never seen it before. And the body says, hey man, let's deal with it. And this overreaction creates damage. And that would cause death. So if you look at the flu recommendations, children are a high priority for vaccination. And the CDC says that, in fact, six months to six years are a very, very high priority. I believe all children, even older, are a high priority. Well,
1: anyone who's had children who will tell you that the day that they start school, they come back with the green streaming noses. And all that time, their immune system is building because they're meeting other kids and they've got colds and they always seem to be sick. If it's not the ears, it's the nose. If it's not the nose, it's the throat. If it's not the throat, it's the lungs. And all of that is a process of building up an immune system. Mm. And the sickness kind of dwindles right until you get to high school.
0: It's not that they've got uh, a deficient immune system. It's just they haven't got a library. Right. So they've never seen it that's before. That's such a
1: lovely way of putting it. They don't have a library.
0: And so what you find is as you get older, you get less likely to become ill because you've got the library. Right. And that's why children are high risk. Resum- so what actually happens, very, very interesting phenomenon. Influenza is related to pneumonia. So there was a wonderful study, and I showed you some of the printouts I sent you. You can see that isolation of influenza correlates with, with first of all, going to the emergency room with, with flu-like illnesses, and then um, going into with pneumonia, and then finally death. Who dies? The elderly. So what happens is the children give it to their parents and they pass it on to their grandparents. So everybody gets sick, but who gets into big, big trouble is the elderly.
1: Now, why? Because by the time you you get into older age, your library, your body's ability to identify – I mean, it's such a lovely analogy, right? So just like a library has books that it identifies, so your body has this library – Call it your, your guide to viruses, bacteria, and fungi, right? And uh, by the time you get to old age, surely you have a very vast library. So, why would they be more immune compromised?
0: Okay, so I love the word immune debilitated. Because when we think of immune compromise, we think of somebody with no immunity. But there are a lot of people out there oh, who've got immunity, they're debilitated. Okay. So, what happens is we know there's a phenomenon called immune senescence. So, as we get older, our immune system becomes less able to fight um, common bugs and Why? so it 's just a pro- process of aging so we know we know older people are more at risk for pneumonia. we know that shingles tends to occur in older individuals it 's just the, the the body loses its ability to fight these pathogens. And so there's a recommendation. And the recommendation is that older people, um, f- 60 and older, sometimes younger, get influenza vaccine, but also get pneumonia vaccine. And there's a wonderful pneumonia vaccine called Prevna 13, which was first uh, released for children and had a dramatic effect on lowering invasive pneumonia. Now, that that same vaccine has been shown to dramatically reduce the risk of pneumonia in
1: adults. Um, it's a phenomenal so vaccine. So that's a pneumonia vaccine. That's a pneumonia vaccine. And you can have it any time of the year. Does it change? Doesn't matter. You can. First does it, of all, doesn't m- pneumonia strain change? No, no, no.
0: So, so, so so what so this vaccine was initially based on children, so what we looked at we looked at those strains which most likely are to cause pneumonia in children, and we found in fact it's also important in adults, and therefore it's got thirteen strains that are common causes of pneumonia in children and adults, and so mm-hmm. we recommend that all adults, um, 60 and older, have a single shot of Prevna together with the flu vaccine Where does one to get it
1: at our doctor, or can we go to Diskem and buy it?
0: You can go to Diskem and buy it. Um, you can get it to your doctor. The one thing I really want to emphasize, which I find frightening, people go along to the pharmacy They say, I want a vaccine. And here's the vaccine into the handbag And then the vaccine's completely Rubbished When you get vaccine It must go from the fridge Into the arm Immediately
1: Oh, so don't take it anywhere Just let so, them do it for you at this Yeah, this chem or your doctor
0: yeah. But the golden rule Not Into the handbag And no delay must Don't leave go. it on
1: your car seat while you quickly go in and do shopping.
0: It's yes, not, not, not even acceptable. Yeah. If you see, there's a there's a strict cold chain, yeah. which is observed, um, and all the drug companies. So when you bring a vaccine overseas, uh, from overseas, it's kept cold. Comes to the doctor's uh, reception, it's in a cooler bag. Goes directly into the fridge. The same thing with pharmacies. Right. So... A lot of these vaccines don't work because people put them in the handbag and then go to their doctor to get vaccinated, and then the vaccine's dead right it's pointless giving, giving it
1: but they will though if you go to a professional and you i mean one assumes that they have maintained the cold chain
0: yeah, so professionals should maintain the cold chain, and the pharmacies generally know to maintain, but there have been blurps where everybody makes mistake. And so the public must know that when they get a vaccine, fridge, arm. And the other point I want to make, interesting. which is very important, is the arm and the anterior thigh, never the buttocks.
1: What is the difference with that?
0: That's important because it doesn't work in the buttocks. So everybody thinks, ah, oh, vaccine in my bum, never. Vaccines do not work in the bum. Vaccines must go into the arm or the anterior thigh in, in little children. Cause probably because there's too much fat for it to be absorbed and to become active.
1: Are there some medications that do need to be injected into the buttocks? Generally Which is actually not. not the buttocks, it's closer to the hip.
0: No, generally not. Generally we want them into the, I, I, into the arm.
1: Interesting. Why can a flu vaccine not be a pill?
0: Just haven't developed it yet. Um, remember, also a pill goes through the gastrointestinal tract and might be
1: uh, so destroyed own, by acid. Right, and our own immune immune systems are stored 100%. in our in our in yeah. our gut. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so
0: you're destroyed. So you go into Although, the arm, yeah. and the and the immune system recognizes it as strange. It's never seen it before. I've got to fight it. It's it's not a live object. In fact, what's called a subunit vaccine, it's little pieces of vaccine of a virus, and there's an antibody response immediately to that. It can't harm people because it's not live; it's small little pieces
1: of virus. Okay. All right. So you said something very interesting about this um, this Prevnar thirteen. You said that it has 13 strains of the things that most commonly cause pneumonia. Is pneumonia not a viral strain in and of itself?
0: Okay. So pneumonia is bacteria. Okay. So what really happens is influenza is linked to pneumonia. Why? Because influenza um, destroys the respiratory epithelium. And what's the respiratory epithelium there? It's there to protect you from the your own bacteria which you have in your nasopharynx. So we all have, not all of us, sometimes we have, but often we have pneum- uh, pneumococcus um, in our nose, in our nasopharynx, and that's sitting there fine. It's not a problem. We may what we call aspirate it into our lungs. And normally, the respiratory epithelium deal with it. We cough it up. We've got what we call ciliated epithelium. We've got IGA. We've got...
1: What's IGA? IGA
0: is an antibody which is found... I understand found
1: ciliated epithelium. epithelium. F- That's got little hairs. Little hairs. Right. That's a cilla. A cilla. And it, yeah, and it helps you to
0: cough up. Cough it up. So as we aspirate... These, as we uh, breathe, cele- I'll do the
1: translations. As we breathe, <laughs> as,
0: no, 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 not as we breathe. As we aspirate. Aspirate. So what happens is, um, sometimes um, respiratory stuff in our nose, instead of be, instead of really, um, as, instead of staying there, it gets into the lungs by accident. Okay. And so these ciliated um, epithelium beat and take it
1: up and we cough it out. Okay. What's the difference between breathing and aspirating?
0: Aspirating. Breathing is a normal phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Aspiration is when you've got um, a foreign well, – when you've got mucus, not foreign, mucus, which gets into the lung by mistake.
1: Okay. It could also be if you if you – or drinking something, and it goes down the wrong tube. That's aspiration, right? and then you're going to cough it up, and you're going to cough and cough and cough until it's out of there. Yeah,
0: and that's aspiration. So the same thing okay. can happen with um, mu- mucus from your nose, and that might have pneumococci bacteria that cause pneumonia. So what often hap- what normally happens is your host defence mechanism will deal with it.
1: Okay, so to understand. Influenza is a virus. It is not a bacteria.
0: No, influenza is a virus but it damages the respiratory epithelium. Okay.
1: So and because it damages the respiratory epithelium that's the layer that, that's the layer around your that kind of coats your 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 respiratory system, 100%. right? The, uh, if you yeah, think of it as like a membrane, right? Apoporbit. Then because of that you can then develop Pneumonia.
0: Yes. So what happens is the influenza. What would normally happen is we would aspirate the the mucus with pneumonia, with the the bacteria, pneumococcus, would be aspirated, would go into the lung, and what would normally happen is the respiratory epithelium, with all the defence systems that we have in our lungs, would deal with it.
1: I'm speaking to Dr. Simi Weiner. He's a pathologist and he's a consultant microbiologist so he He deals he he deals in a very very small world (laughs) if you've got any questions we're talking influenza but uh, i am going to open it up if you've got if you want to talk about other bacteria or infections or anything like that this is how you get in touch with me you can uh, text on 34519 you can also uh, whatsapp no, not WhatsApp. You can send a telegram message if you have the app on zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine, or you can email from anywhere in the world on air at com.
0: Medical Monday is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care.
1: I'm Cathy and Thank you so much for joining me this morning. This very chilly Monday morning, uh, for Discam Medical Monday. Thank you so much to Discam as well. My guest is Dr. Seymour Wayner. We we know him here as Simi wayner Dr. simmy Wayner. He's a pathologist and a consulting microbiologist. We're talking about influenza. We're talking about the immune system. And uh, it's that time of the year. It seems like everybody has flu. And, I, you know, I, I, it still is... I don't know it's a, it's an enigma to me as to why some people get flu and they'll get it every year and other people won't with or without a vaccine. So, how do we in the long term? Is there a way to build our own immune systems that you know that we don't necessarily need to have vaccines? And I know that you are very very concerned about everybody having you know, these influenza vaccinations every year because you are on, as a pathologist um, and a microbiologist, you are on the front lines and you see when, God forbid, a child dies. And I'm not saying this to panic anybody, but it happened, when was it, last year? Last year, and we've had some cases this year. But those are anomalies, though. I mean, of the thousands of children that get flu, do you know what I mean? It's, those are anomalies, But we don't want our children to be those anomalies. Um, All right, let's talk about how we build our immune system. But I do know that you wanted to talk a little bit more about this pneumonia.
0: Okay, so let's let's first of all deal with pneumonia and we'll talk about generally. Okay, so how
1: virus can actually weaken your system. So that the pneumonia bacteria can actually come in and establish itself.
0: Of pneumonia. And and that's precisely it. The influenza virus destroys the host immune system, your ability to deal with pneumonia. And now you aspirate the pneumonia and the pneumonia causes – you aspirate the the pneumococcal bacteria and that causes pneumonia. And obviously who's at greatest risk is the the older people. Uh, Not the children. The older people, um, again, 60, 65. All well, the people who've really? got. I wouldn't even think of a
1: 60-year-old as old.
0: No, sure. It's not old, but just that process of immune is now starting to creep in.
1: Okay, if you missed our earlier part of the discussion, there's, there's this concept called immune celescence. So as you're growing up, right, from from your infant, infanthood all the way through your life, every time you get ill, your body develops an immunity to it so if you've had measles the the vaccine you will not be able to contract measles because your body would have built up an immune um, an immunity to it and so every time your body builds up an immunity to another pathogen whether it is a whether it's a virus whether it's a bacteria whether it's a fungus it's almost like a library right so it's got like this library inside What I'm questioning is how is it that when you're older, like past the age of 60, 65, 70, you have this massive library and yet your body doesn't fight the bacteria. I mean, as an older person, logically, you should have a much stronger um, immune system than a child and yet it doesn't work like that. And so there is this concept Dr. Wayne was saying of immune celescence. Immune celescence is when your body just doesn't fight these pathogens anymore. Do we know why that happens? We don't know. It's just a normal function of aging. I think we should change the f- what's normal.
0: Because <laughs> it doesn't make
1: logic it doesn't make logical sense
0: to me. We are sure. getting older, we see a lot of we see the same phenomenon in sh- in shingles. What is shingles?
1: It's like a
0: Shingles is the chicken pox, chicken pox that's that it. you got as a child that is sitting in your dorsal root ganglia and being controlled by your immune system.
1: I'm quite offended that you think I have a dorsal root ganglia. <laughs> Craig, have you got a dorsal root ganglia? <laughs> <So> <laughs> All right, tell us what a dorsal root, root ganglia. ganglia is. So that's
0: just really a, a, nerve, a, a nerve area. And it sits there, it's controlled by the immune system. And so there's no problem. As we get older, our immune system has struggles to control the chickenpox virus, which we had as children, and that comes out as shingles.
1: So does every old person get shingles?
0: No. But Why the not? Increased risk of shingles occurs as you get older. So um, I, I don't have the percentages, but a large number of Older people will get shingles, and therefore there's a shingles vaccine available to prevent um, and reduce the risk of shingles in the, in, in the elderly.
1: How long do shingles, um, you know, if you, if you have shingles, how long is that period? Shingles are a terrible, terrible illness. It doesn't kill, but
0: it's a severe illness, and it causes post-pandemic, um, shingles pain, which can go on for months and months. Wow. So it's a very debilitating illness. What does it look like? What you generally see is a little um, area of chickenpox in what's called a dermatome. So in an area in the skin, say often in the chest, you'll see a a line of chickenpox. And that shingles. So it's very, very painful, goes on for months and is pre- prevent, preventable by a vaccine
1: So if, is it a case of everybody who had chicken pox as a child has a very very strong possibility of having shingles as an older person.
0: 100%. So all of us all of us are at risk of shingles um, is, is this a new phenomenon? No, it's not a new phenomenon, it's going on for years and that's why there's a vaccine available vaccine is developed to protect older people against shingles. How many
1: vaccines a year do you have? I don't… I know this is a very (laughs) personal question, but I'm just wondering, like, is there a vaccine for everything? Okay, so
0: we have a concept of adult vaccination. So just as children should be vaccinated, adults should be vaccinated.
1: And teenagers, especially that, uh, what's it, uh, that HIB, what's it, the HPV
0: We've got, okay, HPV is a very, very important.
1: That, that's very important because that prevents cancer. Of,
0: yeah, the, of prevents of, uh, cervical cancer. Yeah. In, in, in it, we, 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 we say young girls should have it, but in fact boys should probably yeah. also have it. But there's also the meningitis vaccine. Yes. Which is very, very important in adolescents. So they are at high risk for meningococcal meningitis. So adolescents um, should, in fact, get that vaccine also. But if so, if we look at my age group. So I'm a little bit older. So um, yearly flu vaccine. Yeah. A once of Prevnar 13. Um, a once of shingles vaccine. Um, The other thing, people forget about being boosted against tetanus.
1: Oh, that's true. How often should they have that? Seven years? Every seven years? Every ten years. Every every ten ten years. years. So
0: there's a combination vaccine which they get tetanus, diphtheria, polio, pertussis. Now, pertussis is also a relatively common cause of respiratory illness. And so older people should get that combination vaccine to protect them both against tetanus, but also to protect them against pertussis. I just want
1: to check with my engineer. Craig, have you ever heard anybody suffering from pertussis? You see, vaccines work.
0: Vaccines actually work. Uh, You know, I always give the example.
1: There was a no from Craig.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I say to you diphtheria, you won't know what I'm talking about. Mm. But if you looked in the 50s, fever hospital was filled with young children dying of diphtheria why don't we see diphtheria today? Because vaccines work because we vaccinate. Same thing with smallpox 100% and then if you go in history, go back a little bit while if you remember the f- former Soviet Union when they broke up mm. there was no money, they stopped vaccinating against diphtheria, there was an outbreak of diphtheria and a lot of people died.
1: Incredible
0: so these vaccines do work.
1: Okay so if you're over the age of 60 you said you should have the annual flu vaccine.
0: Annual flu vaccine. You should have
1: tetanus, your four in one, tetanus, no. diphtheria. tetanus, diphtheria, polio, and that's every 10 years. Okay, that's every 10 years. Uh, the Prevna 13, that's once, once off, off. Right. And which was the other one? Um, and,
0: and then there's a second pneumonia vaccine, which we give to those at high risk for pneumonia. So somebody who really is... Older, debilitated, um, and it's
1: if, if they work, then why shouldn't everybody have the this, this second pneumonia vaccine? <laughs>
0: it's a bit complicated. Okay. But the Prevna-13 is what we call a conjugated vaccine. It's been joined with a protein, okay. and it tends to result in immunological memory. The other other pneumonia vaccine, which is the Pneumovac 23, um, is a polysaccharide vaccine, isn't joined to a protein. And we find that the immune system doesn't respond as well to that vaccine as it does to Prevna. So we, 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 we tend to reserve that vaccine for people at higher risk of pneumonia who really need it, who really, who really will
1: benefit from it. But Prevna vaccine is phenomenal. And uh, you say this is for people over the age of 60? Yeah, is 100%, the
0: 100%.
1: Okay. Um, unsigned, Gail, morning Gail. Actually, it's not unsigned. Gail says, uh, um, are all these vaccines safe? Don't some people get really ill from these? And that is such a great question. Um I generally don't have flu vaccines. The one year that I did have it, I felt so ill afterwards, and within a few days, I definitely developed flu-like symptoms. Um, and that year, I did get flu. Now, whether my immune system was, you know, switched off or whatever the case may be, um, it's I'm not I'm not an isolated case. What's your response, Dr. Okay, Weiner?
0: Look. There are adverse events with everything. Any tablet, any medication you use, um, and that applies to vaccines. But the risk of adverse events is relatively small. And and everything in life is a cost-benefit. And so if you look at the benefit of the vaccines, they're phenomenal. If you look at the risk of adverse events, they're minute. And therefore, one shouldn't really dwell on the adverse events. One should talk about the benefits, and the benefits are astronomical.
1: Especially if you are, you know, immune deficient.
0: 100% or immune debilitated. Debilitated.
1: There we go. Um, Unsigned SMS message says, uh, oh, it's actually, yeah. Yeah. Can the can the live anti pneumonia vaccine be administered any time of year whether we suffer from chest problems or not great question okay. thank it's you
0: wonderful vaccine it's not a live vaccine oh, it's not live not a live vaccine it's 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 we take the we take the capsule of the pneumococcus and we attach it to a protein what's a pneumococcus pneumococcus is the bacteria that causes pneumonia okay so each 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 bacteria is covered with a capsule, and I said there are 13 different strains which we regard as important causes of pneumonia. So we take the capsule, we attach it to a protein, and that's given as a vaccine.
1: Isn't that extraordinary? Isn't that extraordinary that we have the technology to remove the capsule from the bacteria?
0: It's phenomenal.
1: It's absolutely (sighs) mind blowing, Craig. I can see. Can you see? His mind is completely blown. My engineer's mind is blown.
0: (laughs) These vaccines, the vaccines we see today, are relatively new vaccines, Um, but they're phenomenal.
1: And are they? I remember there was a debate years ago as to whether um, one should use a vaccine that is made in a lab or whether one should use a vaccine that's cultivated in a live animal. Do you remember that debate?
0: Okay. No, no vaccine. Yes. Or, well, first of all, all vaccine comes from laboratories. Yes. So the live vaccines um, are often cultivated in cell cultures. And often even the ones that we use for kill vaccines. So the example, if you look at influenza, how do we know which strains of influenza to include in the vaccine?
1: Great question.
0: So, <laughs> we look at the strains that caused influenza towards the end of our flu season. We look at the strains that occurred in America and Europe and we make a best guess, guess, sorry. We make a best guess as to what strains are going to cause influenza in the coming flu season, we then take those strains and we put them into eggs, and we grow them, and then we kill the viruses, and then we break the viruses into pieces, and we take those pieces, the H and the N, or what to call antigens, and we put that into the vaccine. Hmm. So, um, the there are live virus vaccines, which come again from cell cultures like measles, mumps, and rubella. Um, and those vaccines, those viruses have been severely weakened so that our immune system is able to deal with them very rapidly. Okay.
1: All right. understand. So, and that's why,
0: and that just, to, just to continue on that thought, yeah. that's why you can give... Um, an inactivated vaccine like influenza or the pneumonia vaccine to anybody. Not a problem. But the live virus vaccines in people who are severely immunodeficient or immunocompromised can cause problems. So there's a question whether we give them or we don't. But certainly the, the inactivated vaccines, everybody can have. It's
1: not a problem. Okay. Um, here, I apparently misread that message instead of saying because I try and account for autocorrect <laughs> uh, can uh, right so this is from unsigned who shouted at me with one exclamation mark and caps said I asked life not live okay I apologize um can the life Anti pneumonia vaccine be administered any time of the year, whether we suffer from chest problems or not.
0: Hundred percent, there's no, there's no reason you can. In fact, we should, because what one must remember is that although we see influenza more frequently in winter,
1: mm.
0: it occurs throughout the year. And so, ideally,
1: especially if you're travelling, I mean, think about it. if you're going, going onto to an airplane, yeah. you are spending anything between, you know, one hour to Durban or 14 and a half hours to Sydney in an enclosed space and uh, absolutely anything could be going on
0: there. 100%. So there's no reason why people shouldn't have the influenza vaccine out of the flu season. Ideally, it should be in the flu season because that's that's when your frequency of influenza is much higher. Mm. But you can give it at any time.
1: Can we talk about how safe it is, or is it perhaps not safe for pregnant women? Because pregnant women, you have a much stronger immune system during pregnancy. It's actually incredible. The body is a, is a is a miracle. Okay.
0: So, to contradict you, yes, when you're pregnant, your immune system isn't uh, debilitated, but it's um, been tuned. And so you ask a question, why don't mothers reject their babies? Because their immune system is tweaked. And because their immune system is tweaked... But your baby's coming from you. 100%. But it's different to you. It's got different antigens to yeah. you. It's mommy and daddy.
1: And I suppose there are the, the odd cases where there's an r- issue with rhesus factor. 100%. have got different blood, yeah. blood types. Yeah.
0: So, t- so the baby is a different immunological... Um, has different antigens to the mother. And the mother, by right, should reject it. But she doesn't. So her immune system is tweaked. And therefore, she's at greater risk from influenza. And again, we have tragedies in pregnant ladies who die of influenza every
1: year. Really? 100%. Influenza You can't even take a... I mean, you can't take anything stronger than a Panada. Yeah, but influenza pregnancy. vaccine
0: is recommended in all trimesters of pregnancy. Really? So it's critical that mothers be vaccinated because they get more severe influenza than the non-pregnant um, if the mommy, adult female.
1: If the mommy has a, a f- flu vaccine, right, say in the first trimester or the second or the whenever – is it likely to pass on that immunity to her baby?
0: 100%. And in fact, it's very important for pregnant ladies who are going to deliver in their third trimester in the winter to be vaccinated because they transfer that immunity to the infants and they protect their babies from influenza for the first six months of life. So we can't give infants... Um, influenza vaccine up to six months because it just doesn't work and they would be protected by antibodies that cross a placenta if the mother had been vaccinated in a third
1: trimester. So pregnant women must be vaccinated. Very important priority. I'm speaking to Dr. Simi Weiner. He's a pathologist. He's a consulting microbiologist. And uh, we've been talking influenza vaccine. If you've got any questions, now would be the time to send them through because uh, we're going to wrap up in about five minutes and I want to give you the opportunity to get your questions in because so far it's been myself and the person who's shouting at me. And, uh, yeah, Gail Levy. <laughs> so this is how you get in touch, how you send through your message, 34519. That's the SMS line. Those SMSs are charged at 1Rand50. You can also, if you have the Telegram app, then uh, send me a Telegram to Studio 61 895 If you like, you can even email on air at chaifm.com. I'm Kathy Kayla, and this is the Diskem Medical Monday. Medical Monday is
0: proudly brought to you with the compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care.
1: I'm Kathy Kayla, and uh, my guest today, we've been talking about influenza. If you look around you, doesn't it doesn't seem crazy. Everybody seems to have flu at the moment. And uh, yeah, my guest is Dr. Simi Weiner. He's a pathologist, he's also a consultant microbiologist. And uh, if you've got any questions about flu, about I think vaccines in general. Can we take some questions sure. about the vaccines in general? Then this is how you send them through. 34519, that's the text line. You can also uh, you can send us a telegram if you have the telegram app. And t- did you ever think we'd get back to that? 61 You can also email from anywhere in the world on air at chaifm.com. How do we long-term, in a, t- in a long-term health management plan, We've got to put immunity in there. So our immune, our immune system is actually stored in our gut. And how do we look after our immune system? How do we build that library?
0: Okay, so first of all, there's a lot of things that you can do to look after yourself. High on the list, yes. high priority is exercise. Exercise, exercise, exercise. And the CDC recommends 30 minutes of exercise every day and
1: regardless of age we should be exercising from day naught. Is that heavy exercise? Is that a brisk walk? Is that a, a stroll? Anything you can do is great what we, what, The
0: more vigorous the better, but not too vigorous So I like the exercise bicycle and 30 minutes on the exercise bicycle Don't you ever bicycle, feel
1: like it's just never taking you anywhere?
0: No, it's wonderful. You watch TV, watch CNN, it's like me on my you watch treadmill. BBC, <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. So, the, 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 and but I want to really emphasise when you're looking at exercise, the older individuals, please check yourself up, because you don't want somebody who's got underlying heart disease to suddenly go crazy on the bicycle. So you build yourself up slowly. But if you're worried, have yourself checked out before you embark on that.
1: Yeah, And balance also.
0: And balance. So mm. The bicycle's nice because you don't have to worry about balance. People f- fall off the treadmill. And you can do that at home. Got a at home bicycle in front of the television. And then it's eating well. Eating, um, eating v- vegetables, fruit. Um, it's about... Being careful of sugar yeah and and being careful um, about one 's weight and not becoming obese um, so it 's eating and exercise, and one can 't underrate how critical exercise is, not only for the immune system but for every part of your body. you know we used to believe that the neurons in the brain didn 't regenerate, and we 've shown that exercise. Helps the neurological system and reduces the risk of dementia. So exercise, I mean, exercise, exercise,
1: and also brain exercise. That's oh, very important. Exercise. Do those crosswords. Do those Sudoku puzzles. Do keep your mind engaged and keep interested in life. Go onto YouTube. Go and look up documentaries. Keep engaging 100%. because, if, unfortunately, one of the one of the universal laws is that if you're not going forward, you're going backward. And there's no such thing as standing still. 100%. 100%.
0: Um,
1: So just keep your mind active and, you know, uh, yeah, it'll keep you young.
0: Absolutely. How
1: important is sleep?
0: Sleep is vital. And we know that people who are sleep-deprived are more at risk for illness, and they, in fact, don't function as well as they should. So sleep is critical. and also has
1: an effect on the cognitive ability. So sleep is important. Yeah. An unsigned message coming through saying, I had just tuned in, so I'm not sure if, the discu- if, uh, I've, if you've discussed this. I'm a 66-year-old woman and never, ever get flu. Must I still have the flu injection? Great Absolutely. question. Thank yeah. you.
0: Very, very important because sooner or later, you'll come across a strain that's going to make you very sick. So everybody... Even if you've never had the flu. Is this like
1: insurance? Vaccines.
0: It is insurance.
1: I hate insurance. <laughs> but it's, you know, it is such <laughs> it's a, a great purchase, <laughs> firstly. <laughs> Secondly, it, it
0: yeah. It's such, such a cheap vaccine and really, really works. You know, we look at the efficiency. If you look at the, the, the handouts I gave you, Overall, in the population, it's about 40 to 60% effective if they get the strains right. But in younger people, it's much, much more effective. So a 66-year-old must be vaccinated and
1: must get the pneumonia vaccine. All right. So uh, because you missed this, let me tell you what, uh, Dr. Wayne was, what Dr. Simi Wayner was saying, is that if you're over the age of 60 you should have something called the Prevna 13 vaccine. It's a once-off, right? And that's got 13 different um, strains that can cause pneumonia. Um, then you have your tetanus, which needs to be maintained every 10 years. Then you have your annual flu vaccine. And if you are very, very susceptible or you're very, very weak, then you should have a second um, pneumonia vaccine. It's called Pneumovac twenty three. pneumovac twenty three. a polysaccharide vaccine. Okay. So uh, yeah. Otherwise, it's been very, very interesting. It Who knew we much. could talk about influenza for a whole hour and still be left over with so many questions? And uh, Dr. Wainer, thank you very, very much. Dr. Simi Wainer. He's a pathologist and he's a consultant microbiologist biologist. You can join me this time next week for Diskim Medical Monday. God bless. Stay well. And uh, you know what? Don't let anybody get onto your dorsal root ganglia. Don't let them get on your nerves. Have a wonderful week. God bless. Bye-bye.